This is AgriPulse Drive Time, brought to you by the American Coalition for Ethanol and its 34th Annual Conference, August 18th to 20th in Minneapolis. You can learn more at ethanol.org. Good afternoon. I'm Jeff Nally. Weather and crop size are the primary factors in commodity price discovery over the next few weeks. Eric Snodgrass, chief atmospheric scientist with the Nutrient, says La Nina is developing and that will have an impact on the tropical weather season. When we have a La Nina, it tends to calm the winds down over the Atlantic. What that does is any would-be tropical system has a better chance of surviving, which means I think we're going to go into a late summer, early fall tropical cyclone season in the Atlantic is going to be more active. In the Pacific, where they have typhoons, the hot ocean temperatures there That's going to be very supportive of typhoon development. That could upset the jet stream flow and impact us. Snodgrass says the pattern will affect the late growing season and may limit available moisture in the Midwest. Southern Oscillation Index. That's an index we use to measure the strength of an El Nino or a La Nina. It's up there with a value around 16. That's double the normal value you'd need to say that a La Nina is developing. So when you hear that, what that means is, We can historically correlate that to our precipitation patterns, and it tends to be drier in the Midwest. So all the weather forecasts that make it look as though August is going to be super wet, I'm going to say they are overly wet, and it's going to be more scattered storms than widespread rainfall. And typically a La Nina, unless you get a big hurricane that barrels up the Mississippi, La Nina's are dry falls, drier harvest, longer grain drill time period. Another focus on crop size will come from the Department of Agriculture's August crop report next week. Some producers across the country receiving a USDA crop production survey in their mailbox. AgriPulse Ben Nelly has more. USDA officials are collecting data from roughly 20,000 producers across the nation on crop yields and production for its August survey. Lance Honig with the National Agricultural Statistics Service says selection was not done randomly, but rather scientifically. To ensure that we have adequate representation across all the different growing areas. Obviously, there's more acres in certain places, so we're going to have heavier samples there. Uh, We need to make sure that we get more representation where there's more acres. He says officials want to get an accurate picture regionally. Conditions vary so much geographically across the country. This year is certainly no exception with some of the unusual weather that we've seen. The farmer survey and satellite data will be used to compile the first crop production report released next Thursday. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Arlen Suderman with StoneX says the USDA's production forecast will set a tone for the balance of the crop year. The general attitude typically is if USDA comes in above the average trade estimate, especially if it comes in above trend, then it's considered big crops get bigger and they're going to look for bigger estimates in September. If it comes in below the average trade guess going into the report, it's more of an attitude of small crops get smaller. Now, again, August weather is a big factor, and the trade's also going to be monitoring the weekly crop ratings. Suderman says early private forecasts are in a narrow range on both corn and soy size. Stretch from 175.7 to 180 on corn, 49.3 to 51.3 on soybeans. So about a two-bushel range on soybeans and, uh, what, about 4.3 bushels on corn. That's below trend for both of them. Anything below trend on soybeans requires some rationing of demand. So if we have any more weather problems during the month of August, that means more rationing of demand. 
A corn, that's still adequate, but it narrows the margin for error just a little bit more. We can get down to around 174 or so before we really have to start rationing demand. And, and it does mean even at this, our stocks are going to be tight over the next year based on current demand protection. That report is due on Thursday at noon Eastern. Finally, John Deere has brought Silicon Valley startup Bear Flag Robotics for $250 million. It is the company's latest attempt to further develop its autonomous technology. Deere purchased Blue River Technologies in 2017 for $305 million. The use of autonomous technology is increasingly becoming an appealing option for farmers that are seeing decreases in the availability of skilled labor. John Deere's purchase marks the company's intent to be at the forefront of the emerging autonomous farm machine industry. You can read more on this story at www.agripulse.com. AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the American Coalition for Ethanol. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the American Coalition for Ethanol, which is hosting its 34th annual conference in Minneapolis, August 18th through the 20th. This must-attend event features timely updates on ethanol public policy, market development, board of director training, and more. Visit ethanol.org for event details. Well, that's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.